Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. G-L-E-S Eagles Eagles fans, welcome back to another edition of Football 24-7. I'm your guy, Tone DeShields the second. I'm joined by our Eagles insider, our specialist, John McMullen. Make sure you guys continue to smash that like button. Also, make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. All the support, all the love, all the traction that you guys provide to the channel really helps. So make sure you guys are on the right side of history and make sure you guys are on the right side of your Philadelphia sports talk. And on top of that, make sure you guys go check out John, not only on JacobSports.com, but also check him out on SI.com. Sports Illustrated, he does great work for those guys. He's an amazing writer, always provides great insight, always provides an objective take. No matter if you like it, you love it, or you hate it, John is always going to give it to you straight, no chaser. So, John, before we get too deep into the content, you know, off air, we were talking a little bit. And every time we speak, one of the first things I always ask you is how you <laughs> feeling, John? You know, uh, was it a long day? So on and so forth. And typically the answer is the same. But, you know, you said something pretty interesting and I want to pick your brain a little bit. You know, you've, you've, you've been around the block and you've been in the sports industry for quite some time. Um, you're, you're well decorated, in my humble opinion. Full transparency. I checked your LinkedIn a long time ago. Never told you about it. But the point is, 
are the Philadelphia Eagles the most interesting team you've ever covered? And if not, what's been the most interesting team that you've covered in your history of covering pro sports? Um, they're, they're, they're the most active. So they, they keep things interesting from that perspective. Mm. Um, but they're, you know, they're too good. So that's not interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it depends how you look at it. Like today, Bradley Roby's in, uh, they signed him. They're always trying to get better. Um, you can never rest on this team. They're always, you know, the other teams are, slowing down you know guys have workouts you'll see some practice squad signings uh, um, players get injured but Howie's always you know focused on the prize and trying to get better and uh, today it was Bradley Roby and by the way I don't I don't think that's um, necessarily precluding him from um, looking to further upgrade as the trade line approaches at the end of this month. So um, it's a team that's always doing stuff. And from that standpoint, they keep you on your toes. The, the mm-hmm. most interesting teams, to be honest, uh, are the ones who are more of a, um, how shall we say? A, um, Rebuilding. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the more controversy, the more dumb decisions the more like the Chicago Bears to me are the most interesting team to cover right now in the NFL those guys are they they got a lot to talk about um because they're an <laughs> abject mess um and and that stuff tends to be a little bit more interesting so it depends on your definition but yeah i covered a lot of those types of dysfunctional teams with with Minnesota and Red McCombs when he was the owner um, those those things are, whew, they're a they're a train wreck. So depends how you look at it. But the Eagles always keep you busy. Well, let's hope you never end up in Chicago covering the Bears because you're going to have a lot to uh, answer for if you ever end up in Chicago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they know, trust me. Well, look, fans are fans, and sometimes they don't like, as you pointed out, sometimes they don't like um, when you point out reality. Um, right. But if you're a fan of the Chicago Bears, yeah, I'm sorry, your team's a train wreck. But most Bears fans know that and understand it better than anyone. Um, so um, the Eagles are good, and you know we Jody and I spend our time nitpicking. You know, we're we're talking about third and eleven calls after they win a game, or we're we're talking about. You know, people are incensed that they scored too soon. Oh, they scored too soon. I mean, yeah, other teams are trying to score and desperately trying to win games. Um, yeah, sometimes it gets a little comical here because, you know, what are we, 21 and one? I forget. I get it mixed up. Uh, <laughs> 20 and one or 21 and one. I, I forget. But it's been a hell of a run for this Eagles team. Well, you said something pretty interesting, right? You know, you and Jody on Birds 365 every morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Shameless plug there. Um, you guys, you guys definitely like to peel back the layers as much as possible. And that begs the question, right? When, when you know, when you're covering a team uh, that's been consistently relevant and consistently good uh, and consistently stable, uh, like the Philadelphia Eagles, is it actually? a tougher cover because you have to be more creative in how you, in how you cover a team that's typically pretty 
pretty straightforward or rather I say um, pretty boring because they do everything. Um, so I guess by the book, I guess you'll say. Well, this there's plenty. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty to talk about, you know, Dallas Goddard. You know, why isn't he involved? I, I've talked about that. It's, mm. you know, and, and Nick called it uh, a small sample size, which it is. But we're talking about four games. In the old days, this would be um, the quarter pole of the season. So it's, you know. It's somewhat significant. I wouldn't say it, it, it's a concern. So yeah. some no, would say four games is a trend. Yeah, by no means am I trying to say this team is perfect. Uh, and you know, they they you know James Bradbury. I I still say. And by the way, the Eagles proved it today. They understand that it's not a good idea to move him from outside cornerback into the slot uh, long term. And that's why Bradley Roby is here. And that's why if he doesn't work, they'll try to find somebody else um, because they know he's really, really good. Um, so it, it's not all by no means are they perfect. And they didn't win the Super Bowl, obviously. So um, there are always issues, but I think, you know, Fans of Philadelphia have been a little spoiled over the past year plus, I would say. So uh, you mentioned earlier, Eagles always trying to get better. Harry Roseman brings in uh, Bradley Roby, uh, a nickel corner. Um, can you fill us in on any details uh, surrounding uh, Bradley Roby? Um, what do fans need? What do fans need to know about his game? What does he provide? Mm -hmm. uh, can you give us any insight on what he brings to the table? Um former first round pick for those who don't know uh been around for a while 2014 first round pick of denver um uh, it played you know he's played significant slot snaps in his career but he still played outside more than he's played inside so you know typical uh, as a um as I said, former first round pick, typically you're not taking slot cornerbacks in the first round. So the, the hope was he would be an outside corner as he's aged. Um, he played the highest percentage of, of snaps in the slot last year with new Orleans. So he's comfortable there. Um, we'll see how much he has left. The Eagles are going to start him on the practice squad. Mm. Um, he's got to get in game shape. Number one, he's got to learn the defense and, you know, Hey, they brought in Rashawn Evans for a couple days and we got a quick look at him and he was out the door. So nothing guaranteed um, when you're on the practice squad, but he's a fit and the Eagles need help at that particular position. So I think it's worth the, the dart throw to see what he has, uh, see what he has left. So bringing him in, they're going to start him off on a practice squad. So the likelihood is we're not going to see him this Sunday. We're going to see him probably the following Sunday. Yeah, I, I would say very doubtful for this Sunday. And, you know, I was described to me, and I'll give you the – He's he, he's got to get in game shape. He's got to learn the defense and will be elevated at some point is what I was told. So that does not sound like this Sunday. Um, okay. So they're going to have to uh, – they're going to have to get them up to speed as quickly as possible. And I think, you know, how they play this Sunday 
maybe will affect the urgency of, of how quickly they want to get him out there. Um, you know, if Cooper Cup is back, you know, that might be the best slot receiver in football if he's healthy. Um, now he hasn't been playing, so maybe you get a break there. I don't know how healthy Matthew Stafford is. He got banged up. Um, but this is why I didn't like James Bradbury long-term in the slot. Well, A, the bigger reason is he's too good outside. And you, know, you don't play outside cornerbacks. It's more difficult to find outside, all pro outside cornerbacks. Uh, so you don't want to take him away from that. But secondly, he doesn't match up well with those small, quick guys. He's a big, long corner. Um, and I think the, the Eagles see the Rams on the schedule and they're saying, oh, we, we don't really have a slot corner. We better get a slot corner. And I'm not saying the Rams caused this because I don't expect them to be on the field. But, you know, when it's placed right in front of your face, you say, oh. And I happen to see Zach McPherson today. He's still on crutches, uh, still in the walking boot. It's ironic that I saw him today because – People already forget the Zach injury, Avante. It's difficult when you lose multiple uh, players at, at one position. Yeah, that was the crazy thing about those two injuries. Both of those guys are uh, are slot guys, right? Avante Maddox, the starter. Uh, McPherson is the reliever. Um, help me out with my timeline here. Uh, Bradley Roby, he was drafted by Denver in 2014. Uh, did, his, did he cross paths with the Vic uh, – with the Vic Fangio staff, and is that one of the reasons why he's here because of the connection that Fangio and Desai have? Um, no, he was um, he, he he was out of Denver by maybe twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty um, uh, twenty eighteen was his last season in Denver, so twenty nineteen. Yeah. So he after his Houston, rookie so. contract, um, yeah. uh, and then he went to Houston, and right. and then he went to. Uh, New Orleans. So, um, no, I, I just think it's, you know, they need a slot corner. I don't okay. think it's, uh, you know, he's been around, this is, this will be his 10th season. So right. I'd have to look through it. I haven't looked through the staffs yet. There might be somebody who has a history. Um, but Bick got the Denver job and, 2019, I believe. So Bradley uh, would have just been out of uh, – that would have been his first year out of Denver. Um, so I, I don't think it has much to do with that. It's just they need a slot cornerback, and this is the best one they could find on the street. Um, and, you know, he's got a lot of experience, and we'll see how it works out. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, it's interesting because this Eagles defense has been up and down, you know, give or take, you know, for the past four games. You know, if the run game is working, the pass defense isn't working. And, you know, they're ranked uh, top three in the league in terms of stopping a run. Um, they're ranked in the bottom third of the league in terms of defending the pass. I think they're ranked 27th when it comes to defending the pass. So clearly there's a, uh, there's a disparity uh, between run defense and pass defense. Um, many reasons for that. But, you know, when you think about this past defense and then you think about how it looked against Sam Howell, you know, I'm always one to 
I want to always give players credit for performing, right? Sam Howell did what he was supposed to do. He played his best game of his career. It just so happens that the Eagles played their worst game of the season in terms from a pass defense perspective, um, in my opinion, um, especially on third down. You know, what's been your overall evaluation thus far of this defense? And um, where do you see it going from this point forward? Um, well, I I think, you know, you piecemeal at the front has been really good. I think the linebackers have been up and down. Um, they were really good against uh, Washington. Um, and I think the secondary is, is, has been up and down. And, you know, in a lot of ways, you could say Sam Howell, you know, had a really good game. And I, I think he's better than people realize, but um, it's always disappointing when you struggle against a young quarterback coming off a game that he had against Buffalo where he looked totally overmatched and he's, he's slinging the football all over the place at times. But you also have to realize Justin Evans wasn't out there. Um, uh, Sidney Brown wasn't out there. And that's on top of Avante and Zach and everybody else. So um, they had a lot of injuries. Bradbury playing out of position, Josh Job, uh, they were trying to pick on, they were trying to pick on Terrell Edmonds to a certain extent. It worked. Um, but you know, you when you when you have that many players that you're leaning on out, um, it makes some sense that you struggle a little bit. Um, and then it becomes a chicken in, in the egg. I know Jody wanted, you know doesn't think the front held up um and maybe they got it you know maybe you graded on a curve maybe they got to be better they got to understand they got to do a little bit more to to make up for the deficiencies on the back end but i i think the front has been really really good um and that makes sense because they are really good um, here, here's the thing. How do you see? Here's the thing, right? You know, I love Jody, but I, I, I find it hard to believe. I mean, how can how can this defensive front do more when you couple it with these variables, right? Obviously, the uh, the Commanders got smacked by the Bills, and that didn't turn out too well for them. So you would expect them to come in and make an overcorrection, right? You know, they they struggled getting that ball out uh, as quickly as they did uh, against us, right? They were getting that ball out so fast. Eric Bannemi schemed it right up, yeah, and and how and how executed it um, damn near perfectly. But I mean, when I think about this defensive line in that game, you know, they got five sacks, right? On top of that, they got pressure on the quarterback. Um, Sam Howell just made some plays with his legs, and also <clears> on top of that, Washington they ran for 107, um, ran for 107 yards, 28 attempts, but. Six of those attempts came by way of uh, Sam Howell, who put up 40 yards on his own. He, his longest run of the day was 20 yards. But between the running backs and the wide receivers that touched the rock in terms of in terms of the running game, I mean, that's 22 touches between running backs and a receiver. And that only amassed 67 rushing yards between your uh, between the commander's running backs. And they averaged 3.8 yards per carry as a unit. But I believe the running backs average less than three yards per carry um, with their, you know, with their 67 rushing yards. So I think the defensive line played better than what we think. It's just the fact that Sam Howe got that ball out so fast. And on top of that, with this scheme, the DBs playing so far off the line of scrimmage, it made the, de- it made the defensive line seem like they weren't doing as much as they really were. 
Yeah, I mean, let's let's face it. Most people are box score people, and they want to see numbers in the box score, and they don't want to hear esoteric reasons. They don't want to. But you got to pay attention. But but to your point, if if you're a numbers guy, you got to pay attention to all the numbers, right? And you got to extrapolate the numbers that matter. Like I said, you know, those running backs didn't do anything really. Yeah, well, they didn't do anything when. the, the Washington beat the Eagles last year. They averaged, I think it was 3.3 yards per carry, but they were able to to get conversion, stay on the field. The Eagles turned it over a bunch in that game last season at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, you know, it, it surprises people, but the Eagles' pressure percentage is higher this year than it was last year when they had 70 mm. sacks. They were 25 I, I mentioned it on the show this morning. They were at uh, 25.5% last year, which was second in the NFL. Through four games, they're at 29.3%. Um, so they're even better, but they're not getting as many sacks. And I talk about this all the time. You mentioned, and I, I, I said coming into that game, I said, you're going to see an overcorrection from Washington because they played so poorly. And Sam Howell got the football out quicker than he has all year. That was the game plan. Get it out. Everybody comes in facing the Eagles. Get it out quick because everybody knows now. Kirk Cousins is prone to hanging on the football. He was his fastest time getting the football out against was against the Eagles. Every single quarterback. Um, the, that's sort of what happens when you have success rushing the passer people try to adjust as much as possible and yeah they're better this year when it comes to pressuring the quarterback uh than last year but last year you know a lot of people didn't realize what the eagles had up front until they started piling up those numbers it started with carson wentz early in the season and now the the book is out on them so people are making their adjustments there's another team on the field always, Tone, and they don't just sit back. You know, one of the things um, we were joking about, I go back to the Bears. It's so easy to criticize the Bears because <laughs> Roquan Smith, Nicholas Morrow is the second graded running back in the uh, linebacker in the NFL per right. pro football focus. Um, number who one who is who Roquan. Number one is Roquan Smith. Bears, Bears. Uh, they traded Roquan. Um, they let Nicholas um, move away and they, and they spent a hundred million dollars on off ball linebackers. But people say, and Clay Harbor, our buddy, our uh, former Eagles tight end, you know, it, look, if they're, if they were in Chicago, they wouldn't be playing that well because they have the worst defensive front. The reason Nicholas Morrow is playing this well, he has the best defensive front. He went from literally the worst to literally the best and he looks better that's mm. you know it's not in a vacuum and i think you know too many people assume oh he's playing that way for the eagles that means he would play that way for the bears no you already saw the way he played with the bears that's a good point that's a good point i didn't, I didn't think about that connection right nicholas Morrow and roquan Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Smith, uh, former Chicago Bears. But you bring up a good point, the fact that, I mean, it, with this defensive line, uh, you bet you you better be on your P's and Q's at, the, at that linebacker position, especially with this defensive line doing what they're doing. Um, but another thing you said that stood out to me was the fact that, you know, look, teams are are, are preparing for this Philadelphia Eagles pass rush. They are the first, the, the first notion brought up in these meetings are get the ball out quick. You saw it in week one. You know, you saw it, you saw it, you saw this in this previous week, right? This this is what teams are doing to the Philadelphia Eagles. If you know that, and I know that, and I have no doubt in my mind that the Philadelphia Eagles know that, why marry yourself to your to your system or to your scheme to the point where it's hurting your team? And what I mean by that is we saw the pass rush getting there, but when you play so far off the line of scrimmage with your corners, you're allowing these shifty receivers like a Terry McLaurin, like a Jahan Dotson, like a Curtis Samuel, uh, you're allowing these guys to get off the line of scrimmage free without any physical contact, and you're not forcing the quarterback to have to fit the ball into a tighter window. So my thing is, if you know that teams are preparing for this pass rush, if you know their their sole goal is to get the ball out quick, why aren't we seeing the adjustments in, in the secondary? Why aren't they playing closer to the line of scrimmage so they can at least – you know, force the quarterback to fit the ball into a tighter window. Yeah, we. I mean, they're not. I mean, it. Look, it's it's the scheme is the scheme, as I said, and they're not changing the scheme. And there's not a lot of press coverage. It's mainly zone coverage. But um, does but does a tweak here and there in the secondary really change the scheme that much, John? Yeah. Um, from the whole goal of this scheme is to to uh, uh, disguise things pre-snap. Uh, from a coverage standpoint and then spin off from that pre-snap look to a post-snap change in the coverage. Um, and th- the whole goal is to make the quarterback sort of think, even if it's just a split second to slow him down um, with all these different exotic coverages. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm the first, I, I don't like it. I don't like the scheme. I talk about it all the time. Too many people play it. And to it, it's happened to um, copied, and then Seattle's cover three that everybody copied. Now it's big scheme, uh, Mike Zimmer's scheme back in the day. A lot of people copied. Um, it happens again and again and again. And I think we've hit the tipping point. We're on the back end of the Fangio defense, um, but the Eagles are playing it and they're not going to stop playing it. So whether it's too high, they went to some cover one variants, they change all the time. Match zone concepts over the first couple drives. Then they were in cover one 
a whole bunch, uh, which is rare for them um, because it was a young quarter quarterback. Um, would, they typically wouldn't do it like against Matthew Stafford. They're not going to do that a lot. Um, so it is what it is. But, you know, for, for the people that constantly talk about press coverage and, yeah, they're not going to do that. So you can bang I, your head against the wall, but they're not going to do that. I guess for me, it's like I'm not even asking for flat, flat, full-on press, but can you guys get a little closer to that line of scrimmage? I mean, there was a there was a, uh, a play that stands out in my mind vividly um, because I feel like are we just going to ignore it down in distance because, we, because we're married to our scheme? There was a moment in the game where the Philadelphia Eagles, um, you know, they forced uh, a fourth and one. And I believe there was a penalty on Washington's side of the ball. And uh, the Eagles elected to accept the penalty and bring them back third and six. I didn't understand that in that moment. Um, forced the other team to have to make a decision. But nonetheless, they accepted the penalty. Now they're third and six. And then Washington gets another crack at it. They're playing off the line of scrimmage. My thing is, can you guys get a little closer? Can you guys at least, at least play the down and distance? Can you play the chains? Can you Can you do something that's... That, that at least limits the space that these receivers have? Yeah, well, I mean, when, when you're talking about uh, we'll use Matt Zone, I mean, it, it's not it's not even about, you know, the corner on that particular receiver, depending on what the route is. He might be passing him off. He might be – it's, it, it's again, I think people get too bogged down in uh, – Oh, he's got a press. He's got it, it, it might not even be his responsibility, depending on where the route is going. Uh, he might pass him off. Um, there's a there's a lot of, of complication when it comes, and and that's another problem, especially with younger quarterbacks and cornerbacks, and 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 changes when you have backups playing, because communication is is a huge part of this. Uh, defense in the back um in the secondary um and even the back seven as a whole with the linebackers um everybody's got to be on the same page there's a lot of room for mistakes but you know we heard this all the time with jg you got to press you got to get up you got to. it's not what this defense is about this defense is about if you are gonna go score it's about limiting explosive plays and you know making them go 13, 14 plays with the assumption that over that span, you're going to make a mistake. It might be a false start. It might be a legal man downfield and get the offense off schedule and get off the field. Um, yeah, they're not going to press. I mean, it's similar to blitz. Now that is probably the most blitz you will see all year from the Eagles. Can't say, you know, they might get another young quarterback down the road, but they were up over 30%. Um, and and I saw, because I got that question today, you know, they look like they're blitzing more. They're actually blitzing less overall. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and, and by the way, this is a Nick Sirianni thing. This is, and you see it, and if you watch Arizona, even they're doing some different things than what JG and Nick Rollis were doing here because now they're in charge. They're doing mm. some different things. 
he wants this scheme. Um, and, you know, Sean's running what the head coach wants, and that's what he should do. Uh, now, you know, we hired Sean because Sean's a big Fangio guy, so I, I don't think he would go far away from it anyway. Um, but this is what the head coach wants. And so this is what you're going to get defensively. Hmm, interesting. So um, we're about to close the show out, John. I got a couple more for you before we get out of here. Um, you know, like it says, you know, like it says at the bottom of the screen, you know, they're, they're four, they're four, no, but the road is going to get tougher and they're going and they're going to begin to start to go up against higher caliber quarterbacks. Right. Earlier on the season, it was about the higher caliber coaches, um, but they're going to start to go up against higher caliber offenses and higher caliber, uh, higher, high caliber coaches. This week, they're going to have Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. Um, eventually, they're going to have um, McDaniel and um, Tua and eventually McDermott. And Josh Allen and, you know, so on and so forth. So the road is going to get tougher for this team. And I'll admit, I'm a little nervous about this defense when we start to go up against those high-flying quarterback, high flying quarterbacks and receivers. I mean, look, the Philadelphia Eagles are offense. I think they're starting to figure it out. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts played his best game of football, especially his best half um, in terms of throwing the ball. Um, um, it, it seemed like it seemed like he, he loosened up a little bit in that second half. And he got more comfortable. So I expect the passing game. I expect A.J. Brown to continue to do A.J. Brown things. He had an amazing game. Um, uh, that, 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 that goes without saying, but you know, again, this road is going to get tougher. Uh, how do you stack up the Philadelphia Eagles right now against those teams like the Buffalo Bills, like the Miami Dolphins, right? Like, uh, even the Cowboys and the 49ers. Well, I think that's why the Eagles are so intent on getting the passing game going after the first three games. And to a certain extent they did, um, against Washington because they know down the road they're going to need it uh, playing better teams. Yeah, I mean, Dallas, Buffalo, San Francisco, Kansas City. Um, yeah, they're going to be able to score some points, so you have to keep up with them, and that's why the passing game is so important. Um, but, I mean, I think the Eagles have proven they can beat anybody um, if they bring their A game. Um but that's the problem, right? We haven't quite seen the A game yet. We've been seeing B minus, C plus games, and they've still been winning. These teams. Yeah, but you see that. I mean, you saw Kansas City, right? Everybody's like, people are hope. It's understandable. People are hyper focused on the Eagles because we're in Philadelphia. I mean, Kansas City was awful. Uh, oh no! You know, oh no! Yeah. Oh yeah! Don't get it twisted, right? It's a lot of teams around here that are not playing their best football right now. Yeah. A, a, no, a, a, uh, well, nobody. The, the Bengals, right? So was, uh, uh, the Bengals, yeah, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. So I, I put the mush on them, but uh, they <laughs> they look awful. Now, part of that is Joe Burrow's injury, but right. the offensive line's falling apart again. You know, Buffalo, uh, that first game, they looked terrible. And now they've taken off again. Uh, Dallas had the Arizona game. I mean, you know, people are hyper-focused on the Eagles. There's two teams that are 4-0. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, so everybody has had uh, a poor game. Um, but the assumption, I, I never understood this. Well, the Eagles, you heard it all last year. The Eagles don't do well against good quarterbacks. Yeah, that's no kind one, of baked no into does. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of, what you know. But again, if, if I told you before the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes would throw for whatever he had, 182, whatever it was. Right. Everybody would have took it. They said, I'll take that. Um, you know, he didn't have a great game against the Jets. Um, 
but he found a way to win. Um, Josh Allen, you know, he might throw for 350. He also might throw three interceptions um, because he's that type of player. Um, But good players are going to be, you know, good. So a lot of that is baked in, similar to when somebody's playing the Eagles and, you know, they can't get a sack on Lane Johnson. Well, yeah. I mean, it's been that way for a long time. Um, Good players are good. And other teams have good players as well. Final question, John, before we get out of here. Um, we have four, we have a four-game sample size for this for this Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff. Um, you have, t- obviously, two new coordinators, Brian Johnson on offense, Sean Desai on defense. Um, Sean Desai's defense has been battling injury. Um, Brian Johnson's offense has been battling uh, lack of continuity. Um, and I haven't really been a fan overall of Nick Sirianni's uh, – you know, decision-making um, for an entire month. Um, he's had moments, obviously, but it's just I I have my own opinion about Nick Sirianni right now from a situational um, from a situational perspective. Um, what's been your evaluation of this coaching staff uh, through the first month of football? How would you grade this? How would you grade Nick Sirianni? Uh, how would you grade uh, Sean Desai? And how would you grade um, uh, Brian Johnson uh, individually and collectively? Um, I, I think there's some, been some hiccups and there should be with new coordinators. Um, uh, that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, uh, as far as offensively, I've been impressed with the way Brian has, uh, taken what the defense has given him. I think that's a feather in his cap, but yeah, you have to get Dallas Goddard involved for example. And, um, it's just unconscionable that they can't get him involved in this offense. Um, defensively, a uh, little bit of a curb there because of the injuries and the and the change in, in starters. But I think Sean has done a pretty good job as well. Um, but he's got some issues in the secondary um, from both a talent perspective and an injury perspective. And when those two clash, you're going to have some issues. As you mentioned, they're 27th in passing defense. Last year they were uh, number one. Um, So that's a precipitous fall. But I think a lot of it you can put into context. Um, And and the fact that, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson isn't here anymore. James Bradbury's had to move. Avante Maddox is hurt again. Zach McPherson is hurt. Justin Evans couldn't play last week. You lose Marcus Epps. Um, so a lot of moving parts there. So that's explainable. And then Nick, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I You mentioned like third and 11. Nobody's seen a third and 11 draw play before. I mean, people do that every game across the league. You're trying to, you're trying to, the defense did it work no um kenny gamewell fumbled it luckily kenny uh jane lane johnson was there to uh to get it but i mean they 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 act like that's so crazy i Um, think people get upset when they feel like in a crucial situation you're putting you're not putting the ball or you're not trying to get the ball in the best player's hands i think i i I think that's the issue at least least it is for me at least you know we we 
you know, in the red zone for whatever reason they trust Kenny Gainwell. Maybe they won't because he fumbled the football now. So maybe it'll be DeAndre Swift next time. They're probably still not getting third and 11 on the draw play, but occasionally it'll hit. If it doesn't hit, as Brian said, you know, hopefully maybe you get seven, eight yards. Then you start thinking about going in on fourth down or you kick the field goal. You're behind the sticks. It happens all the time in the NFL. Um, And then, you know, the assumption that you want to milk the clock. Look, I'm not milking the clock against Sam Howell and the commanders. Wait, I think about it on, you know, Fitzpatrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, then I think about it a little bit more. I want to give him a chance to come back. Um, but you got to step up and remember, you know, AJ can't get the taunting penalty after the touchdown. Yeah, that can't happen. You know, a lot of it's execution, most of it's execution, a lot of it's personnel driven, most of it's personnel driven. If he if he just scores the touchdown, walks off, doesn't get the taunting penalty, Game's Washington do, doesn't get the head start from the twenty five to thirty six. Yeah, I, I mean nitpicking is the right word people are nitpicking uh nick sirianni he's got the best record of football so since he's been here um a second best i think to andy <clears throat> but over that span you know the 20 and one or 21 and one i forget where we are um the best record um you know what more do you want i, I don't know i mean there's things that annoy me about nick uh, you know the fact that he's slavish to competitive advantage, I think, is goofy sometimes. But he's he's pretty he's pretty successful, pretty successful. And you know, I can tell you, he's not calling plays. So get used to Brian Johnson. He is done with calling plays. I can tell you that a hundred percent. And if somebody else is going to call plays, it's going to be Kevin Petulo or. Alex Tanney or somebody else because he wants to manage the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, when people complain when you score touchdowns, you know you got a good team. <laughs> oh, you oh, scored man. a touchdown, but you didn't do it when I wanted you to do it. I mean, That's funny. The curse of the gifted, John. Like you said earlier, uh, Eagles fans, this market. Uh, we're spoiled, man, and um, I'm there's no shame in my game. I'm I'm a spoiled Eagles fan. Um, I grew up in the era. I, I grew up in the Andy Reid and 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 the, the Donovan McNabb era. So I saw a lot of success. I saw a lot of disappointment. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're right. Overall, at the end of the day, this is a good football team, and there's you know that sure there are some hiccups along the way, and they kind of you know had a bumpy road to four on one. But a lot of teams aren't really playing their best football right now. Um, as you know, again, it's really early in the season. Um, the first quarter poll of the season has kind of passed us, you know, the 17 uh, the game season, but on close to cl- close to a quarter of the season being um, pretty much over and done with. And I feel like Eagles are four and zero, and I think that's something to be proud of. And you can kind of you know walk in, you can kind of walk into the locker room with your head held high. But this team knows they haven't played their best football. Um, hopefully, hey, only one other team can say they're four and oh, and we always yeah. get the 49 er trolls, so I mean, yeah, they're the I'm only sure. other team, um, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh, you know, ho- hopefully, they can keep up the momentum when the competition gets a lot stiffer. But that's going to do it for us today, you guys, on football 24 7. Um, we really appreciate you guys for locking in on the content, it means a lot to me. 
Um, you guys are always showing love. Um, I, you know, I, I, I was pretty busy today. You guys saw me on Sports Take with the guy, with the guys, Rob Ellis, D Gun. I was on uh, Dan Cilio's show uh, today. Um, now uh, you're a longer Mullen, day man. than me, man. What do, what do you? What do you <laughs> were you on uh, Colorulo's show too? Did you um, do that? Uh, no, no. Actually, I didn't do a uh, Bill's show. Um, uh, Xander is uh, Xander uh, covering a uh, uh, Bill's show. So, um, but yeah, man. Listen, regardless, man, I enjoy it, and I enjoy you guys, man. I I, I get to kick it with some guys uh, that love the game of football that knows what they're talking about, and um, it's pretty exciting for me, man. Um, I love picking your I love picking your brain, John. Um, that's one of the best things about doing this show with you. Um, three times out of the week. Uh, make sure you guys continue to smash that like button and make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. So much more content, man. We have Birds 365 uh, with Jody Mack and John McMullen. We have a new show that debuted today with our guy, Bill Colarulo, the Philly Sports Power Hour that you're going to have every day, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, locking on Birds 365 before that at 8 a.m. Eastern time. After Bill's show, um, you have Sports Take with a new time slot going from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern time with Derek Gunn and Rob Ellison. You have Cilio with a longer slot right now going from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. on the National Football Show um, Eastern time. We appreciate you guys so much for always locking in with us. Make sure you guys continue to stay locked in on the, on the Jacob Sports and the Pond Lee Hockey pre post and halftime show sponsored by Osha Casino, um, uh, Malamut Law, um, Pond League Hockey. You guys, the content is uh, flowing at a, at a higher rate, so make sure you guys stay locked in. This, again, this has been Football 24-7 with John McMullen, and I'm your guy, Tony Shows the Second. One love, stay humble, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay hungry, Eagles fans, and fly, Eagles fly, and we're out of here. The ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.